Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Aligned Women podcast. This is episode 70. Dr. Shauna and I are, of course, excited to be chatting with you today. And we are going to be talking about something that I know affects a lot of us at one point or another. And for some of us, it affects us for a long time in practice. And that is what to do when your patients are feeling like they are draining you. Shauna, how's your day going? My day is going awesome. How about you? Um... You're very chipper. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's going okay. The day is going fine, but I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I feel a little rocky. We had three kids in our bed, one of them being eight months old, climbing all over me, the other one laying on me, you know, another one waking up, asking questions. I was just like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why did we not put them in their own beds? But it is what it is, so life goes on. Yeah, that's Never a good recipe for a good night's sleep, but that's, you know, it's the stage that you're at right now. So it won't last forever. And, you know, honestly, the only reason I'm so chipper right now is because I verbally barfed all over you when we got on this call. And so we've been like, I've been venting for the last half an hour with you. So I feel awesome now because now (laughs) it's all on your shoulders. Well, you know, that's just a reminder though, to everyone listening that we need to have those close relationships with people that get it, that really get it. For sure. What it's like to be owning your own practice and managing your family as well. (sighs) Yep. We go through it too. And the subject of our verbal barfing was overwhelm, which is a subject that will be coming up in one of the upcoming podcasts. So we'll definitely be talking about that because we know what it feels like. So today we're talking about patients who just really suck energy from us and who drain us. And everybody has it. Everybody has those patients, no matter how well you manage your life, your patients, and your practice. There are always people who, when they walk out the door, when you finally get them out the door, you just have this feeling of, phew, like just relief. And if you have enough of those patients they just, they dip into your bucket until there's almost nothing left. And it's a huge, huge reason for burnout. So this is a really important topic that we have today. I agree. I really do think that um, it's very important for us as women that have families. We want to be able to go home to our families and give to them as well. But if we're giving too much to our patients, then we don't have enough to give to our families And let's not forget about taking care of ourselves too. So that when we're not taking care of patients, not taking care of our family, we still need to have energy to be able to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And a lot of us are overlooking self-care completely and then wondering why we feel exhausted and drained. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we talk about those patients who, I mean, are legitimately energy draining where you're doing... You're doing all the right things in practice as far as setting up boundaries, but you just have those patients who, uh, you know, always want more of you, always want to know more. Let's talk about that because I I think that's, you know, that's one source of the energy drain. Another source of the energy drain is us simply not setting up proper 
processes in, and boundaries that we actually create an environment where patients can drain us. And then the last thing I think we should talk about is that idea of self-care because boy, is it, it's a big deal right now. So back to the first question, Danielle, when you have patients who just, they have question after question after question, not all sort of, you know, neuromusculoskeletal based. How do you deal with that? Especially you're in a home office practice, just like I am, where it's not so easy to just get away from it. How do you deal with this? Well, this has been a challenge. Yeah. In a home office, it's much different than it was in a um, brick and mortar commercial setting that was outside of my home because patients were more cognizant of the fact that other patients were waiting for me and my practice was simply a lot busier at that time as well. So it was more likely that there were other people walking in for their appointment at the end of the current patient's appointment. So I wasn't in the habit of needing to have a proactive strategy to help my patients understand that I do have time restrictions I, and that I want to be able to answer their questions, but that some days I just can't commit as much time as what they might want to have with me. So I started simply saying, I would love to answer all of your questions, but I have to move on to X. And so I have to move on to taking my daughter to soccer practice, or I have to move on to um, administration time because people aren't necessarily aware that I need to do that if I don't tell them. And honestly, that that started to open their eyes a bit to recognizing that just because I don't have another patient walking in the door at the moment doesn't mean that I can sit and chat with them for 45 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, those are good things. You can have a, you know, and I'm putting air quotes around here, a phone appointment with a patient. You could have a conference call, again, air quotes or, you know, whatever it is, you could have a conference call with somebody you could have a meeting that you need to get to in town. There's, you could have an appointment. I have another appointment that I need to get to. There's lots of different ways, but I think just simply finding a break in the conversation and, and exactly what you said, I'm so sorry. I would love to continue this conversation, but I need to get to a phone appointment or, but I need to, I actually need to get out the door to an appointment myself right now or whatever the case is. And if you're having trouble putting a break. Some people talk in such a way that you, you can't even get a break. And what I would do is just simply interrupt them. Like I do a little timeout with my hands sometimes, or I would just simply say, can I just, can I just pause you for a second? And then you can say, I would love to finish this conversation, but I have another appointment I need to get to. So can we continue this next time? Or do you need a, you know, do you need a phone consultation? they're only $52 or, you know, whatever the case is. But I think giving people some way to understand that there is actually a monetary value to your time. And this isn't all the time, right? These are for those certain people where it's gone on. Like it's what they're asking is not average. It's not reasonable anymore that you're not compensated. Um, And, you know, one of the other things that I actually found really useful, whether you're in a home office practice, whether you're in a busy practice for those people who have all sorts of, and they're often, they're great questions, right? Like people who are asking lifestyle questions, question about nutrition, questions about mindset, those kinds of things. 
you can get to a point where you can say, you have amazing questions. Like there's so much more that you want to know and all of it contributes to your health. Here's what I recommend. Why don't we set up a long appointment visit time? Just like when you first came in for your initial visit, it's a 45 minute time period. It's only $160 and you and I can sit down and we can discuss all of these things and I can give you some lifestyle counseling. How would that sound to you? And I think when people know that either A, they've got to put some skin in the game or B, um, that it, like there's just this reminder that your time has money value to it. They're going to make the decision to either stop trying to take up so much of your time with, I don't want to say random questions. They're not. And I don't mean to make these people sound like they're intentionally irritating. And, and it's not that they're irritating. Well, they are, but they're not. They're good questions. But at the same time, they're going to have to decide, is this something that I want to pay extra money for? Or am I going to be more respectful of the time that's been allotted to me? And I think sometimes they just don't even know that there is a certain amount of time they have allotted to them. And then that's it. Yeah. You know, another type of patient that I used to see in practice that I, I don't honestly have these types of patients anymore were people that have really chronic health issues. Mm -hmm. And now when I look back at them, I often see that they were in a space where they didn't really want to improve their health. And they had a lot of other things going on that were keeping them stuck where they were at with their complaints. And those patients felt very draining for me. I felt like I wanted to be able to help them, but at the same time, they didn't really want to help themselves. So now I'm more selective about the types of patients that I do attract to my practice, which is one of the reasons, or I guess related to how we talk about attracting your ideal patients. I think that because I am clear about my lifestyle and the ideal patient for me in my practice, I don't attract those kinds of people anymore. Mm -hmm. But previously I did a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, that is a big deal, right? It's what you're attracting and it's hard. I think we all tend to feel responsible when somebody comes in. So, so here's another patient that drains my energy people who come in and they just don't seem like they're getting better and they're complaining. They come in and there's always something more wrong. And you can't help but feel responsible and feel like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing enough of? And, um, you know, one of the things that has really helped me a lot with that, it's being more free about referring people out to other practitioners. You know, if I've got somebody who's got a chronic nagging rotator cuff injury, I, I don't practice sports chiropractic. I never have. Um, I see through my husband's experience with the same thing, the value in physiotherapy for something like that, for example. So I'm much more likely now to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to adjust your spine so that the potential for healing is as good as it can possibly get in your body. You have a rotator cuff tear. That's not something I can help you with. It's not that I can't. It's for, I wouldn't say this to a patient, but I don't choose to. I don't choose to do ART or do those kinds of things. I don't want to be dealing with that in my practice, but I know that there's value in it. So that's when I would give them the card of a, a great physiotherapist that we work with and just say, here's who you need to see. She's going to help you a ton with that. And then what happens is the complaining about that goes to that person. Mm 
And it's also, once again, it's really reinforced what we do in our practice and what we don't do in our practice. I'm not responsible for your headaches, your sciatica, your sniffles, your asthma, your baby's colic, your lack of ability to poo regularly. I'm not responsible for any of that. What I do is locate a core problem in your nerve system and free it up so that your body can do what it was designed to do. And if something is not responding, then we have to look, well, what else needs to be done? Who else could you see? Is this beyond the scope of what I want to do in my practice? And then collaborating with that practitioner. So in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk more about the paradigms of chiropractic. This was not something I ever really knew until I heard it from you. Although I kind of knew like the general ideas or concepts. I didn't know what paradigm I was practicing in. You're very clear about what, what paradigm you practice in. And I think that's why that is simple for you. So some of us choose to practice in the second paradigm. Some of us choose to practice in the third. I suppose some, some practice in the first paradigm as well. And knowing what paradigm of practice you're in will then also help you to establish your boundaries about what you are doing in your practice. Are you treating the symptoms or are you removing subluxation? And that also helps you with patient, patient selection. I think, um, not, and not to say that you can't, you know, care for people with conditions that you might want to refer to someone else, but then it takes the emphasis off of what you're doing in your practice that's going to be, it's going to be a really important episode for you guys to look out for. And I'm not sure which week it's going to end up in or what episode number it's going to be. But when we do talk about working, whether or not the third paradigm is the right model for you, or are you working in it? I mean, there's one simple question that will show you which paradigm you're working in. And really it's the question of how do you treat your own kids? Because that will tell you what paradigm you truly are in. And for me, there was a dichotomy between the true paradigm I was working in, but what I was doing with my patients. And once I realized, okay, there's an incongruence here, that's what freed me. We have patients who see us to get adjusted, but they also see another chiropractor. They have two chiropractors, but they know what they see us for and they know what they see the other one for. And it works great because they get the difference between what I do versus what the other chiropractor does. But I can tell you that as far as patients who drain my energy, I don't have any of those people anymore because people who have stuff going on that, you know, I just, I can't help them as far as they can get with them. I refer out, but they still continue to see me. And it's awesome because they know what they're going to get when they're in our office. And so it just doesn't suck the life out of us anymore. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's been huge. It's been a huge figuring that out. And then just being okay to let them go see somebody else, encourage them to go see somebody else, and then collaborate with that other people, those other people. If you're listening to Shauna talk about how she refers to other providers, physical therapists, and chiropractors, and you're thinking, there's no way you can do that because you just need more people in your practice. Please go listen to episode 68 of the podcast about scarcity, scarcity mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we talked a bit about what we do when we have patients in our practice who are draining us, but 
ideally, I think we'd start from the start and not have those patients in our practice in the first place. So, ma'am, being really clear about your new patient selection, like, do you have a new patient selection process? And I believe, Shauna, from listening to what you've shared about your practice, you do have a new patient selection process that you follow in your practice. Yeah, absolutely. It goes right from the website. It's, I mean, everything that we talk about and we post it, I mean, you and I talk about the ideal patient over and over and over again until I feel like, oh my God, people must be so irritated with us asking, do you know who you're speaking to? But that's how you don't end up with the wrong people in your practice. And I think it's episode 60 where we talk about the ideal patient and we've mentioned it before and lots of other podcasts. Go back and listen to that podcast Because when you know who you're speaking to and who you want, they will self-select before they even come into your practice. And everything that, that from the forms to the consultation, everything about how we do the first and second visit allows people to self-select out of the practice if they're not the right people. And that's why in our practice, we have really, really high conversion rates. So we don't have super high new patient numbers, but most, like the vast majority of new patients who come in end up becoming patients of ours because they've had way too many chances to find out if this isn't the right place before they ever get to the second visit. Yeah. So you do have a pretty clear system in place to select your new patients. And I think also too, we need to remember that it's not just about more people in our practices. For us as as females that have families, again, we want to make sure that we're attracting the right people to our practices. So that helps to protect our energy as well. And one of the other things that I find really useful as far as, um, you know, handling people who are kind of energy suckers is cluster booking. It makes a big difference. Like, you know, we, I've got a pretty new practice right now, so it's not as busy as what I'm used to, but even still, I only book people right now at two times. That's it. And I see a lot of people in those two times. I just don't give them the choice of outside of that. Um, and I even block it off in the online booking system. So people can't just book themselves in wherever. And the reason that's important is because A, people don't come into an empty clinic and see like, I've got all the time in the world because they've got nobody else coming in. There are people coming in through the door. And the other thing is patients model to other patients, the expectations. So if people are seeing people being positive and lying down on the table and they're hearing me talk about, you know, core problem in your nerve system, we're adjusting subluxations, we're allowing your brain and body to re-communicate, to communicate the way it was designed to, and your body's going to do what it's going to do with it. And let's see how that plays out with the symptoms. They get that. Even if I'm not talking to them, they hear it with other people. They're hearing other people's stories. And so they begin to take on the behaviors of the ideal patients that you have there. And modeling is a big, big deal when you want ideal patients and ideal patient behavior. And so I really think that cluster booking is an important strategy to implement if you don't want people sucking your time and your energy. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, a couple of other things that I wanted to mention are that we often overlook ourselves. I mean, Mm. this is not something that none of us know. We know that we do this. We find all kinds of ways to justify it. But if you're feeling drained by your work, I would challenge you to answer this question when I ask it, how has your self-care been? 
Have you been taking time intentionally to do nothing? Have you been doing whatever fills you up? Do you have a hobby that you love that you've been ignoring? Do you love to spend time near water and you haven't done that in five years? (laughs) How has your self-care been? And answer that question very honestly. I really feel that this is a, a big, big challenge when you have a small child who's nursing, <laughs> but as time goes on and it gets easier to separate yourself physically from your child, then a lot of us just stay in the pattern of not making time for ourselves because it's what we're used to. Mm-hmm. And because we're afraid to ask for more support, more time away feels hard to do. But, it's what our kids get used to as well, right? When they are uh, used to being able to come to you for everything and you are available, you're basically at their beck and call. That becomes a pattern as well. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, you know, Shauna, firsthand, you see it happen and a lot of other women in, in our community do too, that being ho- like working from home and having my kids here, even though they're taken care of by someone else the majority of the time that I'm working they still walk in my office and they still say, mom, I need a glass of water. And I'm still teaching them to go ask someone else to get them that glass of water who is dedicated to their care. Yeah. Yes. So this is something that's been, you know, a big challenge for me this year, adding in a, another baby to our family and um, just feeling more pulled, more divided amongst all the kids and my husband and work as well. And we've talked about that in the podcast in the last few episodes, but I'm at a point now where I feel really committed and ready to walk the walk, you know, like to really honor that I do need time to myself. That is how I stay sane managing all of this. And if I'm not getting enough of it, then I'm exploding and that affects everybody in a negative way. So we need to be more proactive about that. And truthfully, if I don't do that for myself, nobody else is going to do that for me. No one else is going to put white space on my schedule. You mean your kids don't come to you and say, you know what, mom, I think you need a little bit of time out. Why don't I go run a bath for you? And we'll ask daddy to take us out for the evening and you can just have the house to yourself tonight. No. In fact, um, last Thursday, I pretty much pushed them out of the house and said, go get out of the house so that I can do exactly what you did say, (laughs) take a bath while they're doing something else. And they're all having a good time with their dad once they actually just go and do it. So here's the real metric on that one, whether or not you're taking time to yourself. And if I could ask you this, Danielle, and I already know the answer. If I looked at your calendar right now, would I see a space in your week that is blocked out for self-care, me time, whatever you want to call it, white space? Do you have at least a couple of hours time blocked out just for you. And Danielle, you have yours on Thursday night. Yeah. For me, mine is Wednesday mornings and it's in my calendar and it says self-care and it's blocked out from the time the kids get on the bus till noon and nobody else gets to book anything. Nobody is able to enter that self-care zone. And I have to protect it fiercely because there's yep. lots of other people who 
while you and I often talk about it, you know, when we can't do a podcast recording at, at our normal allotted time, for example, we have to fit things in other, and it's tempting to be able to go, well, I've got all the space on Wednesday morning, but not nobody's getting in. So you have to have that time. And if, if you can't look at your own calendar and see a time that's blocked out, Danielle and I can almost guarantee you, you are not paying enough attention to self-care. You're not giving it the value that it deserves. And it goes back to what Danielle said at the beginning your cup has to be full in order for you to give to other people. And if your patients are taking everything in your cup, you've got nothing left over for your family and certainly nothing left over for yourself. Or if you've got half of it given to patients and your family and kids take the other half, you've got nothing left for you. So you have to, it's that oxygen mask on the plane thing. You have got to serve yourself before you can be any good to anybody else. So I'm going to challenge you, if you don't have it in your calendar right now, book out some self-care time. On that note, it is time for us to wrap this episode up because Shauna has other commitments and so do I. (laughs) So (laughs) a couple of resources that I wanted to be sure that we mentioned. One is the book Dodging Energy Vampires by Dr. Christian Northrup. She's written several books for Women's Health Matters. I I personally love her. I think that um, Dodging Energy Vampires is an important book for those of us who feel drained by other people, not even just our patients, but other people to read. And then podcast episode 60, when we talked about defining your ideal patient. And, and again, we talked more about why that's so important for us as women who have families to manage as well. Lastly, I want to invite you to... Um, Our website, we have a quiz. It's the Align Practice Quiz. If you are wondering what you could be doing differently in your practice, what are you doing well already? What might you change to help you feel more present with your family while also growing a profitable business? Then head over to alignwomen.com forward slash quiz and enter your name and your email address. We'll give you instant access to the free quiz. And in under 15 minutes, you'll have more clarity on what you can be focusing on to help you be more present and profitable simultaneously. Okay, so that is a wrap for this episode. I hope that it's been helpful for you. Shauna, any parting thoughts before we say goodbye? Just want to say thanks so much for joining this week and we look forward to another amazing episode of the Align Women podcast next week. Awesome. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Align Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.